0: Rams and we're back for another episode of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is derek diamond so how are you feeling about the uh, the spooky season is in full effect is, are, are you feeling it
1: i am actually and, and the weather has been it's, been so nice. it's getting it's <laughs> been getting better. actually about um about 30 minutes before we did the show i went out for for a walk because i'm i'm trying to get back in shape because i've let myself
0: get <laughs> Very. <laughs> Don't even out get of shape. me started. Don't get me started on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna start running again, but I'm walking first to kind of get myself more acclimated. Yeah. And the weather was just perfect. Oh. You know, like the the days are getting a little shorter. The air is just a little more crisp. Yes. It, it was perfect. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. There's a nice, like, very gentle breeze. Oh, it yeah. was like it was perfect perfect walking conditions but yeah i've been watching uh quite a few uh horror films getting ready for halloween ends which actually comes out this week and it's crazy because it almost doesn't feel like it should be coming
0: out but here we are oh yeah the the weather's so nice i don't even have the air conditioner on right now remember last week when my air conditioner was broken and it was like 95 degrees outside no it's uh it's a nice, like 70, 72 outside right now. I don't even have the air on; just have the fans. It's nice, nice fall weather.
1: Yeah, it's the same with us. And it, I got my power bill for this month, and I, it's considerably cheaper than it was during the summer. So I'm just is. like, that's a <laughs>
0: that's a nice little moral victory. We got Joey image in the chat room, and uh, he picked up his Halloween ends tickets last week, Sweet. and uh, I got to get my tickets because I'm ready. I'm so ready for that. Yep, we're
1: going uh, Thursday at I think it's eight o'clock is when we're going. So I'm I'm really excited for it. You know, I've been watching all the old ones just because I've like I'd seen Halloween one and two, but hmm. not like the even though I know they're not technically canon anymore, I still wanted to watch them.
0: Well, one is, but two is not.
1: Yeah, and I can see why they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they they have their moments,
0: but they, they none of them hold a candle to the original. Oh, yeah. I uh, I watched the new Hellraiser Saturday night. Is that any good? I it's watchable, but it it didn't really do much for me, and I don't I don't know why. It, it just something about it just seemed very uh. There just weren't very many like like likable characters, and. I, I, I didn't really care about anybody <laughs> in, in there, it was just kind of like, it, I mean, it was cool, don't get me wrong, it's cool, it's watch. It's worth watching, but if you're a fan of the originals, you might be a little disappointed, which I kind of was, but it's, it's okay, I don't want to say it's bad, it's just it's okay.
1: It's like, because I've been asking people about it, it's like every person who says that they like it, the next person I ask says that they didn't. Yeah. So it's been very very mixed. So
0: <laughs> Joey I'm, I'm going to watch it at some point. Joey has a question for us as filmmakers. Uh, he says how do they release movies the day before release like that? Official release is Friday. I mean, they've been kind of doing that for what? At least about 10 years now because they used to do the midnight release mm-hmm. um the night before. But they stopped doing midnight releases and just started releasing it the the evening before. And I don't know what the the catalyst was for that. It just sort of just overnight just kind of happened. Yeah, well that too.
1: (laughs) I think it's just I think it's purely money. The crazy thing is, is I feel like it's getting even earlier now. So like with Halloween ends, there's a five o'clock showing here, Uh which is kind of crazy to me because that's when a lot of people get off
0: work. And for midnight showings, too, you know, a theater has to stay open. You know, theaters normally close regularly around, what, 11, like when the last mm-hmm. movie lets out and then the, they're done for the night. If you stay open for a 12 o'clock show, that means you've got to keep the theater open. you got to keep people on the payroll. you got to keep the lights on. I mean, it's not cheap to keep a movie theater running uh, until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. So I would imagine that had a lot to do with it, too. I think so. I, I
1: midnight releases were fun, but at the same time, I don't miss them because <laughs> <Me> I, <either. laughs> I. Well, because I I still lived with my parents when, you know, those stopped. So I wouldn't get home until like four in the morning. The last midnight showing I went to, I believe, was Dark Night Rises, and I got home a little after four a.m.
0: Yeah, I, I don't remember what the last midnight release was that I went to because I, I'm with you. The two things I don't miss. I don't miss midnight releases and I don't miss um unassigned seating. Like now that I don't have to get to the theater until 30 seconds before the movie starts is the greatest thing that has ever happened to movie theaters.
1: Oh, 100%. I, I didn't they do that just for select movies at first and then they made it like just a, a thing now. Mhm. Because I I remember when that first started, I was like, this is brilliant because you can pick what seats you want. And like you said, you don't have to get to the theater like an hour or so because I remember even for Force Awakens having to wait in line. Yeah. You know that like that night Mm -hmm. because I had to wait in line for like five or six hours before the movie even started so that we would get a good seat.
0: I, um, so Joey, I don't miss that at all. Joey says that uh, he worked in a video store once and he broke the street date and put a movie out early once, Braveheart, and the store got fined $5,000. Wow. I bet the, do you remember, Um, it wasn't, K. it was a drugstore, but I think it might have been K&B drugstores way back in the day. Do you remember K&B drugstores? Did you have those where you were? Um Mm-mm. I remember when episode one was released being released on VHS and I had gone to the drugstore for something and this was like a good three to four days before it was due to be released on video videotape. And I'm talking like these were the VHS days, <laughs> like, you know, back in two thousand, like VHS and DVD. Well, I walked in the the drug store, and it was like three or four days before it was to be released, and they had a display up of full of VHSs for episode one. And I was like flabbergasted, and I was like, "Are y'all selling these?" And the guy was like, "Yeah, they're they're for sale." I was like, "Okay," so I bought my copy, and I called on my friends. I was like, "Hey, dude, I got episode one on VHS," and everybody came over that night, and we watched it at the apartment.
1: That's crazy. I, I bet they. Got I, mean, I fine. was. I was. A, oh, I bet they did too. I, I was a little like I remember VHS days, but like I, I was still a little young for remembering like when stuff was released before it was supposed to. I I don't doubt that it happened though. And
0: I think I might have even had it pre-ordered at Blockbuster. You know, you put like five dollars down and you get it pre-ordered. I think I went to Blockbuster. I was like, ah, I don't need that anymore. <laughs>
1: uh episode one and i
0: i i kind of miss the vhs days i do too why that's why i'm getting back into vhs man i collect vhs is so easy to collect these days it's crazy
1: i i've still got they're at my parents house but my uncle gave me he used to tape all the old um wcw and wwf oh, yeah. pay-per-views from like the mid to late 90s so i've got them all like unedited unaltered
0: all of it i have a very complex way of watching that old uh wrestling stuff these days <laughs> um so uh, i hear a close friend of mine that's a very perplexing way of of getting uh, that stuff you,
1: you took my pun <laughs> i was about to say that
0: <laughs> uh but i'm ready to go into the news how about you
1: uh, we've got a couple of good things to talk yeah, about
0: let's, let's do it Some of today's stories were submitted to us by I Am The Rampage and Armez Jackson. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. And this first story is from GameInformer.com. Garbage Pail Kids, Mad Mike, and the Quest for Stale Gum. Uh, 1985 contains so many cultural touchstones. Uh, Let's see. It was the debut of the NES. Garbage Pail Kids also debuted in 1985. It was a trading card card series that mixed the cuteness of the Hit Cabbage Patch Kid dolls with outrageous funny and compelling grossness. And you know what's crazy? The Garbage Pail Kids were only around for like 3 years. Garbage Pail Kids have been around for like 35. That's crazy. Or 37 that is crazy. now. That's wow. Mm-hmm. Um this, the cards were such a hit that Creator Tops produced 15 series in the, pan, in the span of three years. They licensed it out for toys, school, no, toys, school notebooks and folders, inflatable punching bags, you name it. Um, this kind of white-hot hot success would normally lead to an NES game as the next logical step, but several factors got in the way. Um, and they, but they did make a movie. Did you ever see The Garbage Pail Kids the movie? I did not, but I know of it. It's terrible. We should do a uh, a commentary for it.
1: Sure. You know I love the terrible movie ones.
0: <laughs> let's see. This is a long uh, thing. I'm trying to get to where we're talking about. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim Hartman and Greg Caldwell have been best friends since third grade. They connected over a shared love of NES games, Garbage Pail Kids, and other 80s t- cultural touchstones. Uh, and in their adult lives, they found themselves longing for an era of games that just weren't made any for They found a homebrew community where people were making new NES games in the same style and limitations of the original hardware. It wasn't long before they wanted in. Let's see. It says, for them, the cartridge comes first. This is where we got our start in game dev. We never made a game before. We made an NES game that's always been paramount for us. Uh, They pulled together a small team uh, under the name Retrotainment to create Haunted Halloween 85, which I will be reviewing uh, next week. Uh, Spooky Action Platformer, which is uh, on the Switch, you can get right now. Uh, Let's see. The 2015 release was followed by a subsequent year by Haunted Halloween 86. I didn't know they made a a sequel to it. Let's see. They started thinking of favorite childhood things, Garbage Pail Kids. And uh, let's see. They worked their way through contracts at licensed their tops and eventually convinced the executives to give them a shot. Retrotainment brought this up with partners IM8Bit, which recently announced it was getting into game publishing. The company was immediately on board. When Garbage Pail Kids came up in conversation, it felt so great to all of us. It was like, yeah, why wasn't there a game? So they And they show a lot of pictures of the gameplay here. And um, let's see. Yeah, let's see. Can you contribute? No, I don't think so. I thought maybe there was a uh, Patreon or something for it. Let's see. Mad Mike and the Quest for the Stale Gum begins directly after the events of GPK Mad Mike Fury Load, a series of shorts written by Adam F. Goldberg set in a post-apocalyptic world. The titular character saved the day, and now all he wants is his favorite stale gum. Unfortunately, the factory run by Brainy Janie only makes fresh gum, so he'll have to travel through time and space with his three friends on a high-tech toilet to collect the ingredients to make it properly stale. I want to play this right now. (laughs) I'm intrigued
1: just by the title alone, because like, what's what's the motivation for stale gum? And I kind of want
0: to find out. (laughs) It says uh, it will come to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on October 25th. It will also arrive on NES via a special cartridge will be sometime in the first quarter of 2023. And it shows the box and the NES cart, and it's kind of they have a pink one and a bait like a kind of a aqua blue colored cart. And oh my god, I'm so in for this. It, it looks like like Bubblicious gum. It does. That's what I think of. Like <laughs> like the color scheme and
1: everything. Yeah, it, it looks pretty cool. Like I, I would be I'd be interested in trying this.
0: Were you into Garbage Pail Kids as a, as a kid? Mm-mm. Dude, I I, I, I knew of it, but it. I never got into it. Me and my friends were all about Garbage Pail Kids, and we weren't supposed to have them because our parents didn't want us to have them, but we'd sneak and buy buy them behind our parents' backs, and we'd trade them at school, we'd put them all over our uh, trapper keepers and everything else. And like, dude, Garbage Pail Kids was straight up currency when I was in elementary school. And there were certain ones you just had to have. Dude, it was an entire phenomenon when I was a kid. And this makes me so happy. And I I have to get the NES cart for this. I just, I can't not get the NES cart for this.
1: I see also there's a link to a Garbage Pail Kids documentary. So that, that might be interesting, especially as someone that doesn't really know a lot about Garbage Pail Kids to uh, to check out, but yeah, it's cool that they're doing the, this physical release because I, I like the box art. It looks like you know a knockoff of a movie poster. I love the color scheme; it's very 1980s. So I, I could see why a fan would want
0: one. Let me go real quick while thinking about it, and uh, if we start running late, we can cut some stuff. But I just want to look up garbage yeah. pale kids on just watch all right garbage pale kids the movie is available uh to stream it is not streaming anywhere not even for purchase on prime nope nothing
1: oh boy <laughs>
0: i knew i i ran across a dvd of it at the flea market i knew i should have grabbed it but got, but the guy was asking too much for it Hmm. Oh, and that's something I didn't want to bring up too. I was at the flea market the other day, and I found this booth. This guy had all this cool stuff. He had the Garbage Pail Kids movie on DVD, but he was asking way too much for everything. Oh, uh, yeah, Joey, I, there might be a complex way uh, to to watch uh, Garbage Pail Kids the movie. Um, but yeah, he had that on DVD. Was asking too much for it, and then he, I bought um, uh, a Nintendo game. I forgot which one. I'm Robo Warrior. I bought Robo Warrior from for five bucks from, which is a good price for that NES game. And uh, he mentioned that he had just picked up a copy of Little Samson. And I was like, "Well, do you have it on you?" And he, he did. He was in his car. He got it. He let me hold it. I looked at it. I fell in love with it. But he didn't want anything less than two grand for it.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ!
0: <laughs> I offered him twenty, and he said no.
1: Yeah, because people clearly just have you know two grand laying yeah. around that they Who can brings just two like two here?
0: grand to the flea market? Are you tr- stoned? <laughs> Do you prefer cash? <laughs> I'll give you my car. That's, that's worth about two thousand dollars.
1: How much did you want for the Garbage Pail Kids movie?
0: Uh it was like twenty five bucks for the for the DVD.
1: Surprised he didn't say fifteen
0: hundred. Let, let let me just uh, real quick. I'm gonna go to eBay. I'm just gonna look up the DVD price real quick. Garbage, pale kids DVD. Uh right now you can get it for uh, about thirteen bucks on uh, on eBay. That's about what I would expect. Yeah, they run between eleven and thirteen dollars. So that's not bad. I'm glad I didn't pick it up. I could just get it. Here, buy it now for thirteen oh three, Free shipping. And apparently they have a bunch of them because it says 27 sold. So apparently this place has a lot of them.
1: <clears throat> Just walk in and they sell nothing but Garbage Pail <laughs> yeah. Kids the movie. <laughs>
0: That's my kind of store.
1: It copies as far as the eye can see. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Our next story comes to us from Nintendolife.com. Activision might be teasing a new Crash Bandicoot game. Uh, there could there have been rumors circulating for some time now about Crash Bandicoot getting a new multiplayer game, and it seems the reveal might finally be on the way. Activision has been sending out pizza box-shaped packages to influencers such as YouTuber Canadian Guy A. I love that name yeah. <laughs> to announce the release of Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time on Steam this month, and there's the following line attached at the bottom of a fake receipt. Hungry for more? Try out our new Wumpa pizza for twelve dollars and eight cents which also translates to December 8th. Mm. As you might recall, Wumpa League is the game that has been previously rumored, but has also been described by some sources as something similar to a four-player brawler almost, but crash-oriented. So uh, this is interesting because I I was curious, you know, when Crash Bandicoot 4 was released, if it would lead to more games coming out. If this is a brawler my response would be, why didn't you just put crash and smash brothers?
0: Yeah. I don't understand. If you're going to do a brawler like that, the smash brothers is just the, the they're, they're the gorilla not gonna, in the room. You're not
1: going to top it. Yeah. You're not, there's physically no way to top smash brothers no. because I was convinced when they were teasing, like the final character announcement, I was like, okay, it has to be crash bandicoot. And it was Sora from kingdom hearts, which is not bad. I'm not complaining about that at all. But I feel like you could have done a really cool announcement video to put like him uh-huh. with Mario and Sonic, and like at the same time together for yeah. the first time. Like that would have been really cool, especially for you know gamers like me who grew up in the '90s, being a fan of all three of those franchises. I I just don't think a brawler is the right way to go. I mean, maybe uh-huh. do. a a fifth platformer and maybe add like a new element to it. Or if you wanted to do a sequel to crash team racing, I'd be okay with that. But I I just don't think a brawler is the right way to go. If you're going to do another crash.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I mean, when you've got smash brothers out there in the world, just that's the gorilla in the room. Nobody's going to top it. Why would you even try like crash bandicoot is not that major of a character anymore, but he would be perfect in smash brothers. So I don't know. I guess we'll see.
1: I think they're overestimating Crash's relevancy. Like, yeah. <laughs> if they had done it, if they had done it in the late '90s, around the same time as Smash Brothers, and say like Sony did their own version of it, that would have been something. Yeah, but I think it's too little, too late to do a Crash theme because it, you have enough characters, but you're not going to have an extensive roster.
0: Yeah, like who you, would you might even have, have like
1: sixteen. You have like sixteen fighters. At the most, and you look at like the last Smash Brothers game literally had every <laughs> character that's ever been in a Smash Brothers game. Yeah, it's like they they hit the plateau. Like you're not gonna beat it, so why even attempt it?
0: I don't know. The ho- hopefully, it's just another regular platformer, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this we'll next story see. is from NintendoEverything.com. The Tourist and Fast RMX are getting physical releases on the Twitch. Super Rare Games, in partnership with Shinnin, today announced plans to offer physical versions of the Tourist and Fast RMX on Switch. Both will be limited to 6,000 units and will be available as standard and steelbook editions. And all copies come with the current content on their cart, a full-color manual, interior artwork, and extensive sticker, an exclusive sticker, and trading cards. Um, so I don't know if you've played either of these, uh, discover about tourists, uh, discover exotic islands and explore ancient monuments in this relaxing action adventure exploration game. And then fast RMX is a fast racing game, uh, jump into the driver's seat of your very own anti-gravity vehicle and put your skills to the test in high octane competitions with 36 exciting tracks to discover. Uh, see physical versions are, well, pre-orders will begin on October 13th. Um in Europe through Super Rare Games, copy shipped shortly after release. So I don't know if this is coming to America, but this is definitely uh for our UK listeners and Europe listeners. Uh if you want to get these, they are available on the 13th.
1: Yeah, the tourist sounds kind of interesting. That's more my speed than than the racing game. As I mentioned, i like I don't dislike racing games. They're just not really my forte outside of Mario Kart. But I, I'd be if this comes to America, I'd be interested in finding out more about the tourist game.
0: I, I honestly, I was kind of the other way around. I, I, I saw the anti gravity vehicle, and the first thing I thought was probably the closest thing we're going to get to F zero. So I might as well play true. that.
1: Very true. I, I I think it'll come to America at some point. It I don't know when, but I, I would think it would. From NintendoLife.com, voice of Mario, Charles Martinet, thanks fans for all the love and kindness. It's been a huge week for Super Mario, with Illumination and Nintendo giving the world its very first look at the Super Mario Brothers movie, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Although the longtime video game voice of Mario, Charles Martinet, isn't leading this project, he hasn't been forgotten about. Fellow voice actor Tara Strong, who most most people will know uh, was the voice of Miss Minutes in the Loki series... She uh, called out on social media to show him some love. Uh, She said, hey, Twitter friends, I happen to know a certain earth angel who could use some love tonight. I have a story about Charles Martinet. Ever met him at a con? Share in this thread pretty please. I love him so much that now we insist on being next to each other at all cons. Of course, there was a huge outpouring of fans showing pictures that they took of him. At various conventions, so I just was really cool. You know, it's it's unfortunate that he's not the voice of Mario in the movie after being the voice of the character now for what seems like
0: forever—thirty-two years, I think. Yeah, and that really—that's really. I, I I I know we like to keep this show PG, but that's a really shitty thing Nintendo did: was not let him. Voice Mario for the movie. I get it, you want Chris Pratt for the the recognition, but that was a bad call, man. (laughs) That was just a bad call.
1: Unfortunately, it has to do with the name, and it's like...
0: And nobody's gonna go... Who doesn't know who Mario is, they're not gonna go see that movie just because Chris Pratt's in it. You would do just as much business... If it was Charles Martinet doing the voice and not Chris Pratt. The only thing you're going to do is make people angry that Charles Martinet is not the voice. What were you thinking, well, Nintendo?
1: What's even worse is that Charles Martinet is voicing other characters, but not Mario.
0: That's, uh, I mean, he's the, he is Mario. Mario
1: and the the thing is like it and i i'm not discrediting anything that he's done but th- this is my take on it since since super mario 64 we haven't really heard mario give extensive dialogue he's had one-liners and catchphrases however you as and i'm not sure who's directing the movie but that's when you can say yeah bring that to the character but maybe like tone it down just a bit Mm -hmm. so it doesn't sound so over the top. Yeah. But but he can still be the voice and he's a talented enough voice actor that he can be directed. He's still directed when he's the voice of Mario for the game so I (sighs) money talks too much in Hollywood (laughs) to be perfectly
0: honest. Yeah and I I still I, I watched the trailer well actually let's Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the trailer. This next story, of course, from CNET.com. Super Mario Brothers movie trailer debuts here. Chris Pratt and Jack Black. Uh, And it just goes... I mean, we already know the trailer dropped the other day. Everybody here listening to this has probably seen it. I was very impressed with um, Jack Black as Bowser. You can't really tell that it's Jack Black because his voice is so modulated, but you can tell it's him because of his inflections, if that makes any sense. But... He sounds great as Bo- as as D- Bowser. Sounds awesome. Uh, who was who is it that's playing uh, Toad? Is that um, Keegan Michael Key? Keegan Michael Key from Key They've got Bool. his voice very modulated. You can very you can barely tell that it's him. But when it comes to Mario, it just sounds like Chris Pratt to me. Sounds like Star Lord. Sounds like you know, <laughs> it just it's Chris Pratt doing. His voice as Mario, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get past that.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with you about the trailer. I think visually it looks great. I was immediately blown away with Jack Black as Bowser, and I think they actually did a great job of making Bowser seem like a threat because he's been portrayed as comedic in a lot of things, like even some of the Mario games. If you go back to the Mario Brothers Super Show cartoon... Bowser was never really a threat, even though he's this fire breathing dragon. <sighs> but visually, like when he spews the fire out and like destroys that that castle in the Ice <laughs> Kingdom was awesome. And like I, I loved it. <laughs> they, I think by design, didn't have Mario speak all that much because they, they have to know mm. that there's gonna be a lot of criticism about Chris Pratt. To play a little bit of devil's advocate, and we'll have to hear more to see if I'm right about this, but something that people forget about Mario is that he's a plumber from Brooklyn Yeah, that happens to fall into the Mushroom Kingdom. That has been kind of lost on really this whole generation of Mario fans, mm-hmm. because it's never really been portrayed like he's been in the Mushroom Kingdom for forever, I think that's the route that they're going because what little we did hear, there was almost like a little bit of a, I won't say a great one, but a New York style accent. So I think they're going to portray that, which I like.
0: Chris Pratt doesn't have a New York accent. (laughs) It doesn't sound like he's putting on an accent.
1: Yeah, it's, we're going to have to hear more, but I, I think they know that this is not a good decision.
0: I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm just holding out. I'm I'm holding my my reservations. I don't want to say anything bad or or good. I just don't know. But what little I heard, I'm like that. Just doesn't. It just sounds like Chris Pratt. Yeah, it just sounds like Chris Pratt. Like it's just his voice. Like he's not putting on an inflection. He's not putting on a Brooklyn accent. He's not doing, you know, it's me. Like he's not doing any of that. He's just talking like I am right now. Like, hey, I'm Mario. Let's go to the, let's go to the Mushroom Kingdom. And it's kind of like, I don't know if I'd really like that too much. I was a little disappointed we didn't get any Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. I was just about to say that um, they do have Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, which I think is pretty good, and I'm mm-hmm. really excited to hear how he's going to put on a voice for donkey kong
1: i mean i'm not gonna blow smoke and say that because of chris pratt i'm not going to go see the movie of course i'm going to go see the movie i just i'm i'm trying to be optimistic about it and be a little bit of a devil's advocate and like maybe it won't be so bad but i I, we need a full trailer because this was more of a teaser We need a full trailer where we have exchanges of dialogue with Mario and Peach, with Mario and Luigi, Mario with Donkey Kong. You're going to have to do it eventually because he's the title character. It's called the Mario Brothers movie. (laughs) You can't hide from it forever.
0: Uh, Joey said in the chat room that he read somewhere in a Twitter article uh, that Martin A. said he and his voice couldn't handle doing the voice for that long to record it. But that's what we're, what Derek was saying a minute ago. So what we're saying is if he did do it, you know, rein it back in a little bit, still give it those Mario-isms like the, it, it's a me, like, let's go, like when it where he's like ready to do something, but when he's just talking, you know, doing kind of like the Mario voice, but do it, you know, like more of a Brooklyn accent to it. But, you know, yeah. Martinet could more than handle that.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It, it's It's just I, unfortunate I that he's not that he's not doing it. I was hoping that he would, but uh Hollywood's stupid sometimes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: It's going to be tough for them to top the Sonic movie.
0: Yeah. I'm just saying that. But uh but we're we're running a little bit long tonight, so we're going to skip this month in video game history until next week. And uh before we go into the review tonight, we um we like to do a little thing called Patreon shout-outs. Out, shout and Derek, would you like to do the honors? As always, we will like to shout out our
1: awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash We want to shout out Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armis Jackson, Carlos Longoria, better known as I Am The Rampage, Rampage! Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mike Evelyn, Jennifer Evelyn, Joey Image and Donna Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the show. If you want to sign up for our Patreon, you get early access to our awesome commentary tracks that we do every month. Much like, you know, we've recently did an episode of Cobra Kai. We've done uh, animated shows like Gargoyles, Batman the Animated Series, DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, full movies like Transformers, the movie.
0: Oh, and with Joey in the chat room, we got to figure out when we're going to do our commentary for this month, the Halloween commentary.
1: Yes, we'll 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 talk off air about that Yeah, because we we definitely need to set that up because we're already about halfway through the month. Uh, But yeah, we've done all kinds of cool commentary tracks. And also you get access to the uh, Nerd Cave retro news dump show that you and Mr. Wally Phelps host.
0: And uh, if you want to get access to that, where you want to, you, you like you, you guys love Wally. He's on all the commentary tracks. You know, everybody loves our our fact checker, Mister Wally Phelps. So go go give us a buck, as little as a dollar a month, get you access to those extra shows that we do, the the news dump and and all that, the commentary tracks. So go over there and support us. You want to support us, don't you? I wish I was half as popular as Wally. <laughs> hey, and before we go into the review, I did want to show this. I teased this a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. I picked up a copy of Street Fighter the movie on VHS. It's a damn near mint copy of this, this movie. It's not uh sealed or anything, but it is perfect. And I wanna give this to one of our listeners. So I'm gonna I need we need to come up with a good uh a good contest to do. What do you think would be a good? Uh, we could talk about it this week, and we can uh, do the contest next week. But if you guys have a good contest that we could do, shoot it to us at uh, nerdcaveretro@gmail.com or tweet at us. What you think would be a good contest? And one lucky, one lucky listener of this show is going to get Street Fighter on VHS.
1: The smoking jacket is not included. Yeah, no smoking jackets. <laughs> but, you have to find that
0: on your own. But uh, but yeah, and uh, so let us know what you think, what kind of contests we should do. We want to tell you all about our friends over at videogamesmonthly.com. If you're looking for a way to beef up your video game collection, then they have you covered. Just head over there, pick the box you want, and tell them what systems you want games for, and boom! It's like Christmas every single month. So if you're looking for that perfect gift for a loved one or just treating yourself every single month, and I mean, hey, you deserve it. Just head over to videogamesmonthly.com and enter NCR in the Where Did You Hear About Us line at checkout and you will get a free game in your first month's box. That's right, an extra game. Absolutely free. So head over to videogamesmonthly.com. Are you a coffee lover? Do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all-night gaming sessions? Well, you should head over to brezcoffeeco.com. They have so many different flavors of coffee. doesn't matter what type of coffee you like. They got you covered. Try the Good for Gaming Roast or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate-flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight, Mr. Derek will be talking about... Listen to the Castlevania soundtrack all day. I was going to say, if you just want to play
1: that for the rest of the episode, I'd <laughs> be could. perfectly okay with it. Yeah, the soundtrack was great. One of, one of my favorite parts about the game. So when we started this show back in the summer of 2016, there were a select group of franchises that I was like, you know what? I'm sure Jason will talk about them, we'll talk about them in the news, mm-hmm. but I'll probably never review one of these games. But here we are, almost 300 episodes later, Mm -hmm. and I will be reviewing the original Castlevania, which, as you know, was released uh, by Konami for the NES in Japan uh, in September of 1986. September 26th, to be exact. I was, let's see, I was a month and eight days old (laughs) when this game was released. Wow. Wow yeah, so um where to start with this game? so I when you had the idea for it, you know, because I've been tossing a few ideas back and forth on what to review for for October, and I was actually really excited to really dive into this game because I've played it off and on. I played the sequels as well, but I haven't really sat down for a couple of hours to try and play it. I know you're a huge fan. You've been a huge fan, you know, as long as you can remember. You introduced me to it, which then, you know, they launched the animated series a few years ago. And one of the few
0: NES games I can actually finish uh, pretty consistently these days.
1: Yeah, so I I was really excited to, to sit down and play this game and maybe offer a little bit of a different perspective because I didn't grow up with that sentimental value that we talk about, you know, that sense of nostalgia mm-hmm. that I want to say, I mean, it adds to these games. Like, I'm that way with Zelda and Sonic games. You know, I grew up with them, so I'm going to have different takes on them than you do. So diving into this game, I, like, I love the universe. Like, mm-hmm. I I like that old, like, old horror movie Style feel where you're going into Dracula's castle to kill him. Like the the concept is very simple. The controls are easy. Um, I, I knew a little bit, you know, because I, I took your advice and I watched a couple of playthroughs and uh, read some, you know, walkthroughs and whatnot, so I could have a better idea of how to go about this game. And I'm so glad that I did because there are little nuances that I didn't know about that had I not, I probably would have had a little bit more of a difficult time.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the biggest ones for this game, and if you play this game and and you didn't like it, if you go back and play this game with with knowledge of of some of the little tricks and hacks for this game, like, number one, the holy water is so overpowered Mm -hmm. in this game that if you have holy water... And you man if you can keep it if you can get used to going through the levels and not dying and you can make it to the boss with holy water, y- you can pretty much just walk through this game because the holy water as long as you're using holy water it, it's it's you it, it, it makes the difficulty of the game from a ten brings it down to about a six yeah. It especially helped in
1: the Medusa fight.
0: Oh, yeah. Because yeah, you know,
1: yeah, yeah. I I made it a point, because in the walkthrough, it was like, keep the holy water yeah. <laughs> for when you fight Medusa. So I did, and it was much easier. Because mm. I, I did watch a, a playthrough of someone beating Medusa
0: without it, and I was like, I could probably do it, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Why, why chance it? Well, even with the Grim Reaper, you know, the Grim Reaper arguably is as hard, maybe harder then dracula the final boss which dracula pretty hard don't get me wrong you got to have you got to have you know specific strats to to beat him but when it comes to the grim reaper if you don't have the 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 holy water that fight is almost impossible without it
1: and that's another one that I didn't chance it <laughs> like i i don't consider it cheating i consider it strategic
0: well, you know, I mean, so, it's a feature of the game, it's, you know? Yeah,
1: but a lot of people, they don't like to use the OP'd weapons because they yeah. say it makes the game too easy. Yeah. I look at it as strategy. Yeah. Like, is it overpowered? Sure. But it's a feature in the game.
0: Yeah, they put but it in why, the game. Why, why not use it, you know? <laughs> yeah, Why make my why, why make life harder for yourself by not using the most overpowered weapon in the game?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, One of the only few gripes that I have with the game, and it's very minor when you're... I notice this whenever you start playing it. Simon feels like he's got bricks in his shoes. Yeah. (laughs) Because you move so slow. Yeah, you you do. And Castlevania is not the only platform game like that. Mm. But if if you haven't ever played it, whenever you jump, it's like you sink like Mm. a stone like that.
0: Yeah, it's really hard to go to play Castlevania after playing games like Mario Brothers or, you know, even Ninja Gaiden where you can still you can jump and still kind of direct yourself in, in a, a certain ways, you know, to to reach platforms and stuff, but when it comes to Simon, he's like jumping a tank. Like when you jump, you're committed to that jump. There's no backing out or, you know, moving the 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 D-pad back in the other direction to go back where you came where you jumped from no once you jump that's it you're you're going
1: if you jump right that's the direction you're going yeah and <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it but like you said you get used to it it's interesting going back and playing games from that generation of how like the controls are so different mm-hmm. than compared to how games are now but it's almost like muscle memory in a way like if i go back and play you know super mario world as compared to like a newer Mario game. Yeah. It's like I can, the back of my mind, I can still remember how to compensate for certain things. Don't ask me what I had for lunch two days ago, because I can't remember <laughs> that, but I can remember little nuances of like Link to the Past, Mario World, well, and games just, like that. It's
0: one of those games that, you know, you only have so many buttons to work with on the NES, but, and there were certain control schemes that were just felt, na- uh, felt natural. Like especially w- when it came to things like using your sub weapons, you know, like your your holy water and things like that. Like you press up and hit B. Like that's just it's almost instinctual. If that makes any sense, like that's what it feels like it should be. And, and it's you know the, the the it's based off the Mario controls. Like A, A is to jump. B is to use your weapon. And you got your directional pad. And then to use your sub weapon is up and B like that's all you need to know for the game and it's perfect. They didn't try to do anything weird. They didn't try to make the select button the you know it to do anything like sub weapons or anything like that. It's just straight up like it feels like the controls are what they should be.
1: Well, it it complicates things yet simplifies them at the same time because you only have certain buttons to work with. You know what you have to do and you're like, "Well, on one hand, I'd like to have more options, but it's also nice to play something that's kind of simple, yeah like you don't have to worry about you know like go up at an angle and then hit a and b at the same time yeah you know it's it's you have simple objectives and yet can be challenging, but the the controls in this game are 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 very good you know they're they're simple they're clean minus the you know the jumping issue and you know, Simon feeling like he's got bricks and issues. You can compensate for that fairly easily. Um, I, I like the weapon system. It's very simple. I mean, you have your whip that you can upgrade. You've got the um the other weapons you can find, like you mentioned, the holy water. There's uh, knives, axes. There's the watch, which I like the watch quite a bit as well.
0: Yeah, uh, the watch and the holy water are really the only two sub weapons you really want because they're they're both. Very useful. The other ones, like the not the throwing knife, doesn't really do much. So I always try to avoid it at all costs. I, I tried them out, but I've
1: found myself doing the same thing. And like the whip is just, like it's so much easier to use. It's more effective. So I'll, I'll save the watch and the holy water for when I need them. Mm-hmm. But all you need for the most part is your whip. Mm-hmm. So it's it it's simple in that regard. But I. I really enjoyed it. And I, I like the, I, I like the graphics of the game too. Like it's colorful, but not like you've got like all the grays mm-hmm. and like the reds really stand out to me, really kind of emphasizing that kind of horror type of feel, which is really cool. Um, I, I will say I made it to Dracula, but I did not defeat him. Yeah. <laughs> because of that. And it's either going to be this weekend or next. I will be streaming it. You
0: ha- um, and the 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 key to defeating Dracula is especially uh, try not to speed run it. You know, be very no no no. You no, no. have to be very patient when it comes to fighting Dracula, and you have to jump uh over he like he what he does is he appears and disappears on if nobody's ever played if you've. If for some reason you listen and then his show, and you've never played Castlevania and made it to Dracula, he disappears and reappe- reappears at different parts of the room. So you've got to constantly be moving, or he's going to reappear like right on top of you. So you try to re—you um, try to get away from when he appears, and when he does, he opens up his cape, and three fireballs come out. You have to jump over the fireballs and be just at the right amount away from him to not only clear the fireballs but also do the whip and hit him in the head. Now, he has 15 points hit points at this point. So you got to do that 15 times. And then once you do that, his head flies off. Then you got to fight the gargoyle that he becomes. He has 15 more hit points, but the gargoyle is way more manageable cuz as long as you have as long as you have the holy water, you just spam holy water on him and hit him in the face with the whip and you're done. But that first part that fifth that 15 times hitting uh Dracula in the face is just it's just a, a waiting it's just patience is all it is.
1: Yeah, and that was kind of my biggest problem was that I'm usually a very patient gamer but for that instance specifically I was getting a little too anxious. Mm-hmm. And that's where I found myself dying.
0: That's what I used to do all the time before I could beat it. I would just get way too anxious and try to hit him multiple times, you know, like, uh, and you just, you you mess up. You just have to take the one hit. When he does the the three fireballs, just hit him the one time and then run. Go to the other side of the screen. Just be patient.
1: I find myself doing that with other games, too. Like, once you get to the final boss, it's like you try and get as many hits as you (laughs) possibly can, even if you get hit a time or two. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, when that happens, chances are you're going to run out of life before the boss does.: Yes, so that that's, that's what happened with me, but you know overall, like I, I do really like this game. I, I love the visuals. It, it almost plays out and it's funny because we mentioned the animated series. It almost plays out like a movie mm-hmm. in a way, like it, it reminds me of a movie, like it makes me want to see a live-action Castlevania movie.
0: Well the, with, uh, you know, this original but, game was based. Off of like you know the the guys that programmed the game that you know the people that programmed it and and designed it were all fans of the old Hammer horror films, uh right. you know the fifties and sixties, um and they even pay homage to that in the you know the, uh, the 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 credits at the end of the game, um so and then the game is set up like you at the very beginning when you're walking to the castle you see the the film reels at on the side of the screen. And then at the very end of it, it's the same thing. You see the film reels on the side of the screen. You see the the credits and and they pay homage to those old hammer horror movies.
1: And that's really cool because you can see the influence. You know, it it made me think of like the classic, you know, universal horror movies. Mm -hmm. So I I would I'd love to see uh like the the series is great. But I'd love to see it in live action.
0: I would too. <laughs> I,
1: I I think now with you know technology being the way it is and even practical effects being better than they were back in like the eighties and nineties. I, I would love to see a true live action Castlevania movie. Release it around Halloween, and I think you could get you get people to go. Just oh, don't yeah. cast Chris Pratt as Simon yeah. Belmont.
0: <laughs> Who would you cast as Simon Belmont? Or even Trevor Belmont if they were to go the route of the uh the the car the anime on Netflix, which is Castlevania three, basically. Yeah.
1: That's a great question.
0: Um Hmm. I'd have to think about that. I would I would make Benedict Cumberbatch as Dracula though. I think oh, he would, that's brilliant. I think he'd make a I pretty would good love Dracula.
1: <laughs> I love Cumberbatch as a villain. He plays a villain so good.
0: But who could who could play Simon Belmont though? That's that's the question. It had to be a good British actor.
1: Uh... It might be cliche to say Henry Cavill.
0: Ooh, that's act. I think he would be a good Trevor Belmont. Yeah, yeah. The- <laughs> Joey like- says the Rock. <laughs> I can't put the <laughs> Rock in everything. <laughs>
1: uh the most electrifying vampire hunter in history no um no the i love the rock but he's been in too much yeah what's sad is i have little to no interest in seeing black adam and i love uh, the rock i'm kind of the same way like i'll watch it but yeah i'm not like
0: uh, Joey uh, said uh, if he was still alive, Brandon Lee. Like, Brandon Lee would make a pretty good Simon Belmont, I think. hmm I don't know. I, yeah, I, I would have to think about it. Yeah, I would, too. But
1: I, I love the idea of Cumberbatch's Dracula. That's, That'd that would be perfect. That would have
0: to be. Like, uh, who else could you, know, you get?
1: He, he would own every bit of scenery that he would be in. <laughs>
0: Ralph Macchio. <laughs> uh
1: with Martin Cove as Dracula.
0: Yeah. There uh, we go.
1: <laughs> no, the, the guy who plays Terry Silver as Dracula.
0: Oh, that's not bad. He would make a pretty good Dracula, I think.
1: He's an underrated actor. Like he's yeah. he's good.
0: He's I would very watch good. it, whoever whoever's in it, I would watch it.
1: Yeah, I mean I would watch it regardless. I, I really hope, and I was reading an article about the Mario Brothers movie about there being more video game films, and that's why I want Mario to be successful. As selfish mm-hmm. as it sounds, it means we'll get like a Castlevania movie, potentially. But if they or, were to
0: do Castlevania movie, I would want it to be rated R, though.
1: Yeah, it has to be. You, you could do it PG-13, but it wouldn't be nearly as good. You because you right I mean you look
0: at the anime on Netflix and it's hard R like it is a gory yes very gory anime and I want that for live action too. I want to see you know demons and blood and guts and I want to pissed off Dracula and eh, it would be so cool. I would watch it. I would watch that right now. Oh, I would too.
1: Absolutely. But to get back to the discussion of the game, I mean, we've talked about the reception. I mean, it's a very popular game, very well-reviewed. Since its original release, Castlevania has received a generally positive reception. Uh, Famitsu gave it a 34 out of 40. Computer and video games also gave it a positive review in 89, praising the huge playing area and lots of neat touches that would keep you engrossed for weeks. That's another thing I like about this game, too, is that it's not a short game. Mm -hmm. So you have you can spend a lot of time playing it which i really like and i, I like how it's divided up into sections like yeah. there there are levels and then each level has a section to it it gives it like a big game type of feel definitely which has I a really lot like. of
0: replayability to it yes
1: yes it does um as far as my thoughts in it i mentioned i i i like the graphics i like the story i'm want to play the sequels more extensively now like i really like that universe i would give it i'd say a solid eight out of ten you know i i wouldn't give it higher i didn't grow up with the game so i don't have that nostalgic feel for it but i do really like it and as i mentioned either either this weekend or next i'll uh i'll stream it awesome let everybody know
0: well um next week like i said i'm going to be uh I'm going to be reviewing Halloween Haunted Halloween 85. That was uh came out on the Switch a few years ago. It is a uh just uh, side scrolling beat 'em up in the vein of uh River City Ransom. And I've uh, been playing it the last couple of weeks. It's very good. And uh if you're into really weird little beat 'em ups for the Switch that are 8-bit inspired, and it looks like something that would have came out on the NES. Like, it's not, doesn't have any of the, it looks like an old game, but it plays like a new game. No, it straight up plays like an old NES game. So, um, it's a very good game. I'm going to review that next week to continue Halloween Horror Month.
1: Nice. And then in two weeks, I will review the original Resident Evil sweet so we're going to i'm just going to keep diving into into your franchises my friend
0: awesome i like it yeah but uh but yeah that's going to bring us to the end of the episode and now i'm sad because we're at the end
1: unfortunately yeah that that's that's what sucks about podcasting is that it has to end at some point
0: but uh, but I had fun tonight. This is uh, this was a good episode. Yeah. I was very looking forward to jumping back into Castlevania because it it is definitely in my top ten best NES games. And it's weird because I I I started out when I was a kid. I played Part Two before I played Part One, so I went from you know I, I played Part Two and I liked it, but I ne- I never could finish it, and I, I you know it was not linear. It was kind of hard to understand. And I still liked it anyway because I was a fan of those old horror movies. And then I went back and played the original Castlevania, and it was such a different experience from what number two, what Part 2 was. And from that day forward, it's been just one of my favorite games ever for the NES. Even though it's a little, like you said, controls are a little beefy, a little hard to to get used to. But because he is so, like you said, he feels like he's got bricks for feet. But you get used to it, and once you get used to it, it's one of the best NES games out there.
1: I would agree with that. I think it definitely belongs in that upper tier of NES games with Super Mario Bros. 3, uh-huh. Legend of Zelda, Mega Man 2. You know, it's it's in that
0: category. And if you're a fan of stairs, play Castlevania three. That game is stairs the game. <laughs> this is what that game is.
1: Castlevania 3, Stairmaster.
0: (laughs) Stairmaster. But uh, what's going on before we get out of here? What's going on with uh, feature presentation?
1: Yes, so uh, Halloween Horror Month will continue on my show as well. I'll be chatting with uh, horror director Todd Sheets, who has been directing pretty much exclusively horror movies since the 1980s. So he's had a pretty long and extensive career in that, so he'll be joining the show to... Just talk about his career and horror movies in general. That'll be at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time tonight over on the Feature Presentation YouTube channel. And you can
0: follow it on social media at Feature Press Pod. And uh, over on the uh, Open Micers podcast, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke to uh, comedian Ariel Elias, and which is awesome because I don't know if you've been following what happened this weekend. She got attacked on stage. Uh, Somebody threw a beer at her. Uh, a Trump supporter threw a beer at her. It was caught oh, on God. tape, and she picked up the beer and chugged it. And she's been called, you know, she handled it like a boss, like a champ. It got retweeted by, you know, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, Pretty much every known comedian Patton Oswalt, Jim Gaffigan. So many people were re- retweeting it over the weekend. She's probably going to be on Jimmy Kimmel. She asked Jimmy Kimmel outright if she could make her late-night debut on his show, and he said yes. So she's going to blow up here very soon. So go That's back crazy. to that episode. Check it out. We talked to her uh, on episode 121 of the Open Micros podcast. Uh, go check her out. And then last week, we talked to... Mr. Mike Evelyn, Jester himself, and uh, Jen Evelyn, his wife, Mike and Jen Evelyn, from the Innsmouth Rag podcast. We talked to them last week about our favorite horror movies to watch in October, and it was a fun episode, so we got a lot of good stuff going on over at Open Micers, at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram, and I think that's going to do it. Derek, are we ready to, to call it an episode? Yes, sir. Let's go ahead and get out of here, if I can play my music here. If you would like to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We, uh, just go to nerdcaveretro.com. That takes you everywhere you need to go. All our links are there. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Most importantly, our merch shop is there, ncrmerch.com, where you can go buy t-shirts, hats, stickers, uh, bags, Magnets Whatever you need Is right there NCRmerch.com Also from there You can go to our Patreon patreon Patreon.com Slash Where you can Give us money Every single month To keep this show afloat And we do those Commentary tracks for you And me and Mr. Wally Phelps Do the Nerds The News Dump Every time there's news to be had. And if you can't do that, I understand. Leave us a review wherever find podcasts are given away for free. So, Derek, please tell them what it's all about.
1: May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes.
0: Wise men say forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza.